Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's message of the week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. This morning we are continuing our series looking at our cultural values. We're in week five, so we are going to be doing legacy this morning. Uh, This is the slide for legacy. The subtitle, as it were, says children leave a legacy that servants don't. Why don't you turn to the person next to you if you're with someone, tell them, hey, did you know children leave a legacy that servants don't? There's something really important in this for us this morning to get hold of. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm going to read the description that we've put together as well. I'll tell you what, I'll go really big for those of you on small screens. Uh, The dream is bigger than us. Our town. Oh, what happened? Something happened. It was on my screen and now it's gone. Let me find. Speak of you. Ah, I can't see it. The dream is bigger than us, our town, and even our lifetimes. We seek transformation in lives, communities, areas of justice and whole nations as generations work together, empowered by God. We pray our ceiling is the platform for our children and that what we build lasts without us. And that's some good words, aren't they? And uh, we're going to attempt to talk through those a little bit this morning. In a few minutes time, we're going to read from Romans chapter 8. So if you've got your Bible with you, you might want to flick there. I've got a few things that I'm just going to chuck out there beforehand that I think might help us as we go along. Um, I have found, if I'm honest, um, both last week and this week, very, very, very difficult talks to pull together and try and communicate the heart of what we want to say. They're such big things that we hold in our hearts, that trying to communicate something like that in such a short amount of time is hard enough as it is. But there's so much you want to say that you sort of have to, you have to trust that God will lead you to the things that you need to say. And uh, very helpfully this morning, as we were praying uh, beforehand, um, Sharmini just gave me a, a very simple picture of walking through fog. And sometimes God supernaturally lifts the fog and you can see. Uh, but often actually he gives us a fog lamp and helps us find our way step by step through the fog. And that, certainly that's how I feel in this moment. Um, and I'm hoping that you're all going to get to see the thing that you need to see. But as I've been reflecting on that for the past, I don't know, a couple of hours since she shared that with me, I've realized afresh that this uh, value of legacy is something that God has actually been steadily building into us as a church family over a few years. This morning is really the first time we've put a name to it, but this is pretty much what I preached in every single Vision Sunday all the way back to September 2019. So if today makes no sense, can I commend to you the Vision Sunday preach from September 2019? It's on Psalm 126, uh, which we preached, and I talked about how life how in life we scatter seed we have to throw down the stuff that we're going to eat and God causes that to multiply and it hurts to sow and it hurts to send but God is the God of multiplication Uh, then in January 2020 before anyone knew what 2020 would be like 
Uh, our Vision Sunday talk was from Romans 15, verse 13. And I brought a tree into our gathering together. You might remember it. It looked dead, just a stick in the ground. Uh, but I said, but the eyes of hope mean that you look and you notice. And if you look at a tree, even still these days, although we're slightly closer to spring than we were back then, what you find is that it already has the buds of life for the next season that are going to emerge. I said, hope looks and hope knows what's coming next uh, from Romans 15, verse 13. Friends, both of those messages are messages of legacy. We never used that word at the time. I don't think I used that word in either message, uh, but they're all about legacy. And I think I wanna point out something really important here which is that when we're talking about legacy, we're not talking about after we've gone, our kids might do something more than us. Now, we do have the sentence that we pray our ceiling is the platform for our kids. What that really means is as far as we get, we want our kids to get to begin there and not to have to fight the same fights that we had to fight. So personally, I have been able to walk into expressions of grace uh, expressions of freedom in the spirit, the father heart of God. And I have had, I've had the privilege of being able to receive those things for free. But many of you uh, and many of our contemporaries, uh, perhaps of, a, of the older generation amongst us, they've had to fight. They bled. Many were had stuff thrown at them and uh, had to walk very, very difficult paths for those things to become the normal in church life. But I got them for free. I can walk into a prayer meeting and pray in tongues and it's normal. But for many of you, it wasn't. And you've had to fight a battle that I get to live in the light of. Uh, right now, it's like there's a, a battle that's been won or certainly on the cusp of being won about emotional health in the church, vulnerability, the authenticity of each of us. Um, in the prayer time this morning again, Mark's like, I just feel like there's someone here who's feeling particularly vulnerable this morning, who's feeling like, oh, they've not quite got it. And I was like, it's me. Uh, I'm not sure 20 years ago you'd have found many senior leaders putting their hand up to say they felt kind of vulnerable before a church meeting. Hey, I'm not sure six years ago I'd have done it. Uh, but over the last five years, we've fought hard for this kind of emotional health that means we can be the fullness of who we are uh, in the presence of one another, that we can love each other in that that it isn't about presenting a, a facade or a persona, but that we get to be who we are before God and we're loved and cherished by those around us. You might have walked into hope and thought, wow, this is a really authentic community. Friends, we had to fight for that. We've had to win for that. We had to win fights to, to have that as a prized part of who we are as a church. Uh, and now you get it for free. Other people paid a really high price that I might just walk into grace and spiritual gifts and the Father Heart of God for free. Uh, I've been part of fighting for emotional health and vulnerability and authenticity in the church, and you can have it for free. Friends, that is what we're talking about, legacy. This isn't something that will just go on afterwards, although this is definitely part of it. Legacy is as much giving away in the moment what you had to fight for, what you paid a high price for, so that other people can have it without having to walk the road you walked. And in that, I've literally just turned my notes upside down. And in that, it is the most, uh, the clearest demonstration of imitating Jesus. 
If you're a believer here this morning, if you're a Christian, then that means you've set out to follow Jesus. And when it comes to this issue of legacy, it is the clearest illustration of following Jesus that we can have. Because, friends, we got for free what he paid a high price for. Jesus paid the highest price so that by faith we might get something for free. And if you want to follow Jesus and if you want to be like him, then this value of legacy is essential. If you can't get legacy into your mindset and into how you operate, and if we can't get legacy into our mindset and how we operate, we will not effectively imitate Jesus. We will not effectively follow Jesus in our lives. So although we've never used this word before, we've definitely been build- God has definitely been building it into us. And we are passionate about seeing this impact who we are and how we operate as a church family. This morning, I'm going to read a big section of Romans chapter eight, and I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit says all the things that I thought I might say, because I've just spent five minutes saying stuff that I hadn't planned to say. And then I'm going to very quickly touch on three truths that are essential for us to walk with legacy as a key cultural value. The first of them is that we have to know our identity. The second is that we have to grasp the vision. And the third is that we have to die. You probably won't find that on many um, vision statements. We probably won't put it on the merchandise. It won't go in the flyer, but die. That's part three. Um, If you've got your Bible, why don't you turn to Romans chapter eight and I will put it up on the screen for us as well. We're going to read from verse nine all the way through to verse 21. Um, and <clears throat> if you've ever read, if you've been in the church a while, these will be familiar words to you probably, but I'm really hoping that framed as we've just framed them in terms of legacy, they're going to carry a little bit of extra weight uh, and they're going to be slightly sharper perhaps as the spirit puts them into our hearts as we read together. So let me see where we are. Okay. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 through to 11. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you received 
passionate, we are working so hard, we, we long to see people know who they are in God. We want people to experience the healing of their identity. We want people to walk in wholeness, emotional, relational and spiritual health so that the impact of their lives as they go, as they're sent, will be dramatically increased. Even more so because other people won't have to spend time clearing up the mess they make afterwards if they're secure and if they're made whole. The end is not just to be whole in and of myself. It's not just to be a well-rounded person. It's because of what God might be able to use me for as he brings me to that place. It's because of what God might be able to use you for as he brings you to that place. Because, friends, we're not going to be content just living in some comfortable Western dream. Having enough money spare to do whatever it is that you want to do with a bit of spare money, which is, of course, the Western dream. That's not, it's not our heart at all. Neither is our heart to have a really nice church for Christians. I've been praying recently, just cut to the heart again about how sad I would be if one day I stand before Jesus and all I've got to show him is a nice church for Christians. It's not the call, friends. The call is not just that we might have a nice time while the world around us is robbed of the wisdom and the power and the witness of God. Eternal matters are at stake. The victory of Jesus is about something so much bigger than a ticket to heaven or a nice time at church. We saw it in the passage we just read, verse 21. It says, for creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Yes, it's about the forgiveness of sins. Absolutely. Yes, it's about the satisfaction of God's wrath, as we sang about earlier. Absolutely. Yes, it's about uh, the restored relationship with God. It's about living life and life to the full. But friends, it's also about something that's cosmic in scope, something that's so much bigger than just me and my life. It's about the liberation of creation. Paul writes it differently in Colossians 1, verse 20. There he talks about the blood of Jesus being key to the reconciliation of all things. You see, there is not one area of creation that God is not interested in. It's not one area of culture, not one area of art. There's not even one sport that God is not interested in. There's not a geographical place on the planet that God is not passionate about. The victory of Jesus is incredible. We must grasp the vision. We receive for free by faith the victory of Jesus. But we also participate in it. The Christian message is that we don't become passive recipients, but we become active participators. There's a, a leader in a, one of our sister churches called Wendy Mann. This is, let me get the right slide and then pop it up. This is her. And this is what she wrote in a book um, about leadership. She said, as sons and daughters of God, 
we get to inherit for free what Jesus has won for us and then pay our own price to see his rule and his reign go further and wider than it's been before. I'll read it again for us. I can see some of you straining to see it. Have it on the big screen. As sons and daughters of God, we get to inherit for free what Jesus won for us and then pay our own price to see his rule and his reign go further and wider than it's been before. Legacy is about giving away for free what we had to pay for. And in that sense, as I've already said, it is the clearest imitation of Jesus that we have. And so we get to death. Everyone excited for death? <laughs> the Christian story tells us, and this is so important because it is the absolute opposite of what the world around you tells you about. <laughs> this is so important because it is the absolute opposite of what the world around us tells us every day. The Christian story tells us that life and fruitfulness is only found on the road that goes through death. It tells us that without dying, you can't live. It tells us that if you aren't dying, you aren't truly living. When you read the Old Testament, and everywhere you look, there are barren women that God is giving children to. That is not God showing off about his miraculous power. That is God communicating this truth that he brings life from death. The most amazing thing about Jesus' life is not the miracles. It's the fact that he died but rose from the dead. If we want to follow Jesus, we're following him through death. And friends, we will only embrace this lifestyle. We will only walk that road that goes through death. We will only embody this value of legacy, giving away for free things that have cost us everything. If we're secure in the love of God, if we know our adoption as his kids and our hearts have been utterly ruined, by the scale of the vision of what Jesus wants to do and what the victory of Jesus has won for us. Our prayer and ambition is that hope will be a church that measures success by how generously we can give away. And that's for each of us. That's not just us as leaders giving away or the organization giving away. This is something that God wants to build into all of our lives, that we would be those who are so generous, we give away and give away and give away. We want to measure success, as we've said before, by our sending, not our gathering. And we're not just talking about the glamorous sending there like sending people across the ocean to Vancouver, although the reality is it's anything but glamorous. You know, we love that we've done that. We love that we're still playing a part in it. I'm very excited that the team there are producing a video for us next week as we have a big update from them. It'll be the preach lot next week, catch up from Tidal Church, North Vancouver. 
But that's not the sum total of sending. And that isn't even what we really mean by sending. We're talking about the equipping of people for and the encouraging of people in going to their neighbours, going to their workplaces, going to their families, going into areas of culture and making a difference because of the victory of Jesus. Yes, we are praying that some more people will move internationally from Hope Church. Yes, we're praying that some people will move down the road to plant a new expression of the kingdom of God in new places around North Yorkshire. Absolutely. But friends, it isn't just the people that get a chunk of money and sent off with a bit of a fanfare and a, and a wave and a special service. No, we want to be people who are sent every week into the places that we go to see what the victory of Jesus might mean in those places. Giving away for free what it's cost us a lot to obtain. We want to measure success in this church by how well we can pass on what it has taken us lifetimes to lay hold of. We want to give away not just to those who come after us, because then we've stepped back anyway and it doesn't really matter. We want to give away to those who are running alongside of us. Young and old working together, male and female working together, British and international working together, English and Scottish working together. Legacy is not just about what we leave in our will when we die, but it's about how freely we can give away stuff that's incredibly valuable to us here because we're more, we, we desire more to see the kingdom of God advance than we do our name to be remembered. I was very tempted to build this entire talk around Hamilton. I don't know if you've got Disney Plus and you've seen Hamilton, the musical. There's a great line in there. Uh, Legacy is planting seeds in a garden that you never get to see. Something like that. And uh, might spoil the whole story. If, if you're going to watch it and you don't want me to spoil it, put your fingers in your ears for a second. But essentially, Alexander Hamilton, the man that the play's all about, for the sake of legacy, sells out his family so that his name and his work will be protected. It's like the absolute opposite of what we're believing for. What we're believing for is that we would run together, that it would leave something together behind us, not that my name might be protected. Hope is never ever wanna be about my name being protected, Adam Price or Hope Church Harrogate. Our desire is that what we build would never require certain individuals to endure because it's about the family of God building with God something that far outlasts us. Friends, we want our motivation as a church to be not earthly credit, not fame, not reputation, but we want our motivation to be the applause of heaven, the commendation of being those who have followed Jesus, even to the point of giving away what it's cost us bloodshed to obtain. Legacy. Dream is bigger than us, our town and even our lifetimes. We seek transformation in lives, communities, areas of justice and whole nations. As generations work together, empowered by God, we pray our ceiling is the platform for our children and that what we build lasts without us. We're going to go <clears throat> to breakout rooms in a moment. And this is what we're going to be 
doing in them. We're going to go through the same pattern as we have done all the way through this series. Thank you to those of you that have filled in the survey uh, where we're trying to find out how people are finding it and refine what we're doing. We would love for you to read that lengthy passage again, Romans 8, 9 through to 21, then leave a couple of minutes silence and just expect, just expect the Holy Spirit to cause some of those words to jump off the page to you as he speaks to you this morning. See what God might say to you on this topic of legacy. And then we'd love for you to talk in your groups. How have you seen this cultural value at work in Hope Church? Have you? How can you personally grow in living this value out in your life? And what are you going to do as a result of this talk this week to prioritise this value in your life? I'm going to pray for us. And then, Beth, it'd be great if we could send everyone out into groups. Why don't you just close your eyes for a moment, look to God, just allow the spirit to start working in you. Maybe you've already felt him nudging you, him prompting you. I really pray he has. Father, we come to you because we recognize that your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom that will not be shaken. We thank you, Lord, that of the increase of your government and peace, there will be no end. We thank you that the end of the story is fixed. Jesus wins. Things in heaven and on earth are reconciled to Christ. Everything's put under his feet. Every knee bows, every tongue confesses. All sickness, suffering, pain and death is done away with. Lord, we thank you the end of the story is fixed and secure. We're amazed that you invite us to participate in the journey to it. And Lord, we say to you, we want to remember that this is about you and your name. This is about your kingdom, about your realm, not ours. And we want to follow you, Jesus, with all that we've got. We want to follow you and walk in the ways that you've set for us. We want to do the good works that you've prepared in advance for us to do. We want to see your name made famous. We want to see your kingdom extend. And we want to see many other lives bow down before Jesus and set off along the same path. We pray, come Lord God, stir us this morning. Steer us in the way you want us to go. Jesus, we pray, send your spirit right now to speak into our hearts and guide us into all truth, just as you said you would. In your precious name, amen.